This is Lindsay Swoboda, and you're listening to the Choosing Brave podcast. Dreams change. What happens next? May these stories and honest conversations shed light on times where we feel uncertain and explore what it means to show up to our lives and choose brave. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Choosing Brave podcast. This is your host, Lindsay Swoboda, and this is going to be a solo episode today. And if you hear my family romping around in the background, I apologize for that in advance. However, I think most of us are still romping around with our families at home in the year that it's 2020. So if you hear a baby squeal and a child cry out, I think that we will all just hopefully laugh along with those sounds as they are all things that we're used to hearing by now. Now, this episode today is the ketchup episode, and not the delicious tomato condiment ketchup, but the ketchup I have for you planned, which is just about what has happened in our own little family life from June 2020 until the recording date of this episode is November 19th, 2020. That's a pretty big gap between episodes, guys, and I realize that in every business book you read and every podcast, How to Be a Superstar online sort of thing they say you know you need to show up for your audience as much as possible well guys I would love to be that person that can show up as much as possible but what I have learned in this back half of 2020 is centered on the word capacity we're going to talk about that a lot today we're going to talk about where we have been since we have added a whole new family member to our lives and we're just going to talk about some lessons that i have learned over the past couple months so let's dive right in grab a cup of something warm and delicious or put those earbuds in and go for a walk today wherever you're hearing my voice i thank you for joining me i thank you for your patience and waiting for this season to finally find some conclusion and I'll give you uh, a little sneak peek in what to, what I have planned for season two. Welcome back, everybody. All right, so we wrapped up last with each other with episode 10, which was with my dear friend Katie Sieber. Uh, I had recorded an episode after that with my husband that will be airing right after this one. It'll be episode 11. And in it, he and I discuss military moves and what we've learned over the past couple years with some family reflection questions. You have today's episode, then I have a homeschool special coming out. And then we're going to have a two-part season finale, mainly because I recorded one season finale back in June, and then I think we're due for another one uh, that just wraps up where we're headed um, towards the end of 2020 with our family and just with my general thoughts on the coming year that is 2021 and what I hope that looks like for our family. Now, the reason a podcast episode didn't go out and I I thought I would have this all wrapped up in a neat little bow of 12 episodes for season one, but in week 38, which was the week that I recorded that first season finale and the episode with my husband, Ryan, was the same week that I went in for my 38th week appointment in my pregnancy. And at that appointment, I was sitting on the table, the doctor came in and he said, congratulations, you made it you're, you're at full term. And I just sort of nodded at him as much as I could with my eyes behind my mask at that point. And I 
you know, got everything checked out. We had a conversation about labor and delivery. And then I went out into my van that day and I put my head on the steering wheel and I just sobbed because I hadn't realized how much I needed to hear. Congratulations. You made it to the end of your pregnancy, your full term. Those of you that are maybe popping into this episode for the first time, we found out we were pregnant right after there were uh, riots in Ecuador where we were living. And my husband asked me to leave early because we weren't sure if the roads might shut down again in December. We were all due to move in January, but he told me, I need you to leave now just in case. Cause I, I just, if anything happens during this pregnancy, I don't, I want to know that you can get to a hospital. So my daughter and I left in December. This was right after I found out that I had a blood clot in my uterus and I had a very high chance of miscarriage. So I spent most of December last year of 2019 lying very still in my in-laws house and then moving down to Virginia and then getting all of our things eventually delivered and couldn't really lift much of anything so our house has sort of been touch and go since that point my husband helped me as much as he could but you know there's certain things you just want to do yourself so I feel like we've sort of been living in limbo as everyone else has too with the added weight of the COVID-19 global pandemic then on top of our heads Uh, and I hadn't realized until that appointment how badly I needed to just know that this baby was gonna make it Um, And of course, I didn't know that until he came out on the delivery table, but it felt just like a wave of relief at that appointment to know that I had made it as, you know, as far as I could. And because those months were fraught with worrying about miscarrying, I bled almost the whole time until about week 27. And while the doctor told me, you know, this is fine, it's not hurting you. um, I think, you know, if you're listening and you're a mother, Um, whatever way you become a mother seeing blood uh, it's very disconcerting and it makes you really grapple the entire time with your faith and trust and hoping that maybe this will all work out okay so when I got that information at that appointment I really just mentally and emotionally put everything else I was doing on pause And I called my parents who were supposed to come during my 40th week of pregnancy so that someone could be here when I went into my into labor for my daughter. I called them and asked them to come early because at that point we hadn't seen anyone else since the pandemic had started. It had just been the three of us, my husband, my daughter and myself. And I asked if they could come. They were going to quarantine for us anyway. They came early and I didn't realize how dearly I needed that time with my parents before the baby got here. I think I realized in that 38th week appointment that I was like, wow, if they come right when I deliver, I don't get that time with people. And man, I need some, I need some people (laughs) other than my immediate people to just surround me with love and joy and talking. And that's exactly what happened. They drove over early and we had just we just had the best time it was so life-giving for me to spend the rest of those weeks of pregnancy with my mom and dad here just loving on us cooking with us talking with us uh, making memories before the work of the baby began so that's the reason I couldn't show up here anymore and maybe I should have been that person that tuned in and said hey this is what's going on but Oh gosh, I just didn't, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, capacity. What does that mean 
for us when we reach our capacity. There was a fascinating article I'll try to find and link in the comments that was about our surge capacity and why everyone is feeling burnt out in the midst of 2020 um, and how we are just through kind of having to deal with stressful situations and um, and decisions that have layer upon layer of decision to them. And I think at that moment, I was at my capacity for what I could mentally and emotionally give to the rest of the world. And I just sort of hunkered down, nested in, uh, and enjoyed my immediate family and prepared myself for the baby getting here. I'm not really prepared to give a whole birth story uh, chat today, but um, our son did arrive on his actual due date. I woke up around five o'clock in the morning and rolled over and tapped my husband and was like, uh, I think we're having a baby today. I think, I think this is happening. And he was like, okay, really? And I was like, yes, let's take a walk around the block. So we went for a walk outside. Um, and then he advised me to go lay down again. We told my parents, we thought it was happening. I went and laid down, everything kind of stopped. So I laid there for about an hour to an hour and a half. And then I went ahead and got up and started walking around again. Contractions picked back up again. Um, you know, I went ahead and laid back down again because we had had uh, birth. We did the Bradley method with our first child and we remembered our doula in Hawaii saying, you know, if you're not in active labor, try to rest because you don't know how long your labor is going to be. You're going to want some time to rest. But I felt like every time I laid back down again, things slowed and I was like if we're gonna do this today like I want to do it I want to feel like I'm we're, we're moving forward um, not that you have a whole lot of control over the situation once you're in labor but I felt like every time I, I sat down I just everything hit pause so I went ahead and I kept walking around things definitely started picking back up again um, it helped that I had done this once before so I knew a little bit more of what to expect this second time around and I was really joyful that I went into labor naturally because I was quite concerned when I went in for my 39th week appointment you know the doctor said I'll let you go to 41 weeks you know depending Depending on how your blood pressure and how you look and how the baby looks but um if that is you know if either of you is looking like you're stressed out then we're gonna have to talk about induction and given the fact that covid was happening in the middle of this i felt really scared to have an induction and this isn't against anybody that has an induction or a c-section or however you get your baby here it really all that matters is that the baby and the mom are okay. I know that in the end, but I think in your head when you are um, hoping to have birth a certain way, it's one of your first lessons in parenting that things, man, like things just do not go the way you think they're going to, um, no matter what you want. So uh, the, this one, I did walk around a lot that that morning. And then that afternoon, things really started ramping up. My dad pretty much kept my daughter busy. My husband and my mom helped me down in the living room. Things were getting quite intense, uh, but I was trying to stay home for as long as possible just because I felt kind of afraid of uh, laboring with the mask on, which I knew I would have to do once we got to the hospital so at this point that we had our son I was allowed a birth partner in the room with me which was my husband no one else was allowed to come to the hospital my parents were not allowed to visit my daughter was not allowed to visit we knew that going in and we knew that before they would even admit me I would have to take a COVID test so 
around 3, oh gosh, I don't know, 2 p.m., 1 p.m., I don't know, guys, I hardly wasn't looking at the time. I just kind of looked at my husband and the contractions were down to about two minutes um, to down to like one minute. And I was like, I think we need to drive there because the hospital is 25 minutes away from we where we live. I had a very horrible van ride over there. Um, <laughs> we made it into the hospital, got checked in. They did the COVID test. They admitted me. Um, they didn't know if it was positive or negative right away. It was mainly they took the test so that they would know what room to put us in. Like if we had come into the labor and delivery room and tested positive, I guess we would have stayed in that room for our entire stay. They wouldn't have let us leave the room. Um, I think I was only in the delivery room for about an hour and a half before uh, my son came out. And I don't know if we need all the details of labor and delivery, but if you're that kind of person that likes those things, um, I didn't have any medication. Uh, that is not some superwoman choice. I'm actually very afraid of needles and I'm very afraid of feeling, uh, of not feeling my legs and the lower half of my body. And I know uh, with an epidural, a lot of times you lose uh, you can't stand on your legs anymore. And that to me was more uh, terrifying than um, getting through the pain of the birth. So I went ahead and I used the squat bar. And that is how I got my son out. My daughter, I did the same thing. It's that we were in Hawaii and they let me like stand at a countertop and they put pads beneath me and the doctor like stood underneath me. This one was pretty funny because he came so fast the doctor wasn't even in the room. <laughs> it was the nurses that were my rock stars. Aren't they rock stars anyway? And my son came out and he was okay. And that is all I keep remembering saying was, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he okay? And he was okay, and I was okay, and we now have a son. So uh, that's the brief version of our birth story. We are now four months in to his life, which is also why, why I feel like I have the energy to sit here and record this today. That's the other reason I feel like I couldn't continue with any of the projects I sort of had in the back of my mind is I sort of forgot, guys. It's my second child. They're almost six years, well, yeah, they're almost six years apart. And I forgot what those bleary newborn days look like. So everything needed to be on hold again. And we just needed to focus on him growing and us growing together as a family. And I will say this time, looking back, I was very impatient with those first three months. I loved him laying on me and sleeping on me, but I'll be honest, it's not my most favorite part of childhood are those first three months. I just feel so much like a shadow of myself. I'm not a person that does well not sleeping. I mean, who does really? But we always joke about that in our family because my husband is military that he does great on no sleep. He is like trained to like do well without sleeping and I am just a nightmare. Uh, but we got through it. I got lucky that my parents stayed the first week after he was born and then my in-laws came down. Again, everybody had been quarantining for us so that they could help us out, which was amazing. I was a lot better this second round of having a child at really saying what I needed um, I pretty much looked at my mom and my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and my dad and my husband and I just said, please make meals, please don't ask me questions, please do laundry, 
please hold the baby when I come down so that I can get a shower and eat something. Uh, please do these things. And, and they did. And that was very empowering. I also didn't try to do it all myself. With my first, I really felt like, oh, I've got to do, you know, I've got to be the one that does all these things. And this time I really just, I handed that baby off and I went and laid down, uh, which made a huge difference. And I feel like my recovery, it also made a big difference for me mentally and emotionally this time that my husband was here. Uh, for our first child, we found out a month before I delivered with her that my husband was going to deploy. Again, he had just gotten home. And I think mentally, I hardly ever wanted to hand her over to him, even though what a gift that would have been to give him, to give him that time with her before he left. I just felt like, well, you're leaving. So uh, I need to know how to do this all on my own before you go. Guys, I don't know why I thought that, but if you're a military spouse listening, you're not alone for just feeling really wacky and not knowing how to handle things because we are not trained to shoulder this lifestyle we have to learn as we go and there are things I look back on now and say man I could have done that differently and this time I'm glad that I knew I could do it differently and I did my other positive in the past four months is that I did sign up for MUTU system, which is M-U-T-U system. And this is not some fitness blogger pitch. This is something that I heard about when I was thinking about having a second child. And it is a postnatal uh, recovery program for diocese recti, hernias, all sorts of things. It can help repair those things very um, intelligently and with smart exercises. And I am happy to say that uh, I feel good. I mean, I still have a lot I'd like to work on in my body to get stronger, but I feel so much better in my core and in my back um, and in my pelvic area that I just feel like I am more healed this time because I took the time to move very slowly through my workouts. When they said I could work out again, I didn't just leap into running around the block and trying to lose a bunch of weight. I followed the plan with Mutu. It, I followed the exercises they did. It was very slow. It was very intentional. And now I feel like I'm ready to do those extra things, which feels great to me to like be back in my body and, and be strong in this body. All right. So for the remaining minutes of this podcast, you will probably hear a fan noise in the background. I just put our son down for a nap, but uh, let's wrap this up in the next mm, 10 minutes or so. We'll see if I actually stick to that. Uh, one of the other things I did that helped me feel strong was I actually did 21 days of Whole30, which those of you who have done Whole30 will probably laugh um, that I made it 21 and not 30. However, uh, I ran out of food. Um, Whole30 is an elimination diet. You're taking out uh, dairy and peanuts and bread and all these other things, sugar, uh, and then you add them back in slowly later to see how does your body respond to them. And I could just tell, you know, in the last, in the first three months of our son being here, I was pretty much grabbing whatever I could eat uh, to sustain myself through the day. And while I tried to make a lot of those healthy snacks, uh, not all of them were. So I really tried to make sure that, um, 
I was going to set myself up to do a successful Whole30 and those first 21 days they went great. Uh, the back half of it I didn't make it because my husband went on what in the military is called a TDY which is not a deployment but temporary duty and I just didn't have enough food prepared that I just broke down and ate some bread. Um, in the future I'd love to try it again because Although I have to say, I don't think I learned anything new about myself doing Whole30. I feel like I eat pretty, pretty well on a consistent basis. I'm not really tempted maybe by as many things um, as I used to be. And I accredit a lot of that to living overseas. Um, I had gotten rid of a lot of bad habits simply because things weren't available there, like coffee creamer. Um, you could get whole cream and like heavy cream in Morocco, but you weren't going to find like coffee made coffee creamer there. Um, no peppermint mocha like mix on the shelf um, until we got a Starbucks like in the last six months of us living there. You could, you could go and order that there. But I kind of kicked a lot of those habits that I had of things that I might have loved that weren't the best for me. And now when I think about a treat, I have very specific things that I love. Like I love barbecue kettle, kettle barbecue potato chips. I love the dark chocolate Reese cups from Trader Joe's. I really love like a specialty craft beer. I don't actually even drink wine very much anymore because it gives me a really intense headache. So I didn't really learn a whole lot of new facts about myself during Whole30 other than uh, eating a bigger substantial breakfast and actually eating like sweet potatoes with every breakfast and like a meat and like some fat like avocado or guacamole like on top of my eggs and sweet potato bowl really sustained for me for the day and while I was doing it it really showed me that I could eat more whole foods and um, more vegetables, more fruit. I started putting beets into my smoothies. I was able to eat things that kept, kept me satiated and gave me a lot more energy. So after kind of collapsing on day 21 without anything else made, um, I have con continued to consistently eat more Whole30 style, um, which is giving me more energy overall. Okay, that was a side note I didn't even think I'd talk about today. But hey, it's the catch-up episode, so we can talk about anything we want, right? Um, other catch-up things that I want to cover today are that um, I did take... We, we did take we did say yes to one trip this year and we had to say no to another trip and I think a lot of you may be in this place especially as I'm going to air this right before the Thanksgiving holiday we are all of us trying to continue to make our best choices this year um, and best doesn't mean comfortable and best choice doesn't mean maybe what feels great a lot of the choices we've had to make throughout our life, especially as a military family, um, have been shades of gray with those choices where I thought when I was an adult, I would choose something and I would feel great about it. Um, no, I feel like more when you're you're weighing your options, you choose the best one you can with the knowledge that you have. So in September, I was able to take a trip with my parents down to Myrtle Beach. I had a wonderful time. My husband wasn't able to go with us because he was TDY for part of that. And but I went with the two kids. We had our own suite with a kitchen. And so we didn't bump into anybody really. Um, we saw so, in the in the hotel elevator 
owes only one family at a time. So it was just us writing in there. I will admit when we first kind of got down there, it freaked me out to be around people with the baby at first. But then I realized like everybody had their masks on. The baby was like up next to my chest, not looking at anyone. And then the rest of the activities, we did everything outside as like we were on the beach, not near anybody. We were on hiking trails, not near anybody. And um, I'm really, really thankful now that I took that trip. It reminded me so much of the person that I am before COVID came to be, which is a person that loves traveling, that loves the world, that loves dirt underneath my boots on a hiking trail and also sand beneath my toes and my daughter just loved running in and out of the waves it was just a breath of fresh air for us to go and be loved on again by my parents and let my daughter have that time with her grandparents it was one of my best yeses of the entire year and getting geared up for that trip I'll be honest guys I was like oh my gosh all the stuff you have to pack for a baby right and packing for a trip in the middle of a pandemic and like getting out the gas station and you know trying to go in to get my daughter to go to the bathroom with our masks on and getting food and oh it just a lot of it felt very stressful but I'm so glad we did it and I was just channeling really early days of myself. I think sometimes our past selves can teach us a lot about where we are presently. And I was remembering, um, I was remembering the fact that the very first flight my daughter ever went on was a flight to Japan to see Ryan while he was deployed over there. And it was like a 36 hour journey from Hawaii to Tokyo. There was like a seven hour layover and then another horrible flight to Okinawa, but we made it and it was so worth it. And then coming back was almost worse because I had to land in the apartment in Hawaii by myself. And I remember surrounding myself with pillows and just kind of looking at baby, my baby girl and being like, if you need me, like, please just roll into me because I am so tired. I know you're okay but I'm gonna like just lay in a puddle here on the floor um, and I remembered that that woman so much while I was packing for Myrtle Beach I'm like you can drive these six hours you can do this you can take yourself and your children on an experience and vacation does not mean easy and vacation does not always mean restful especially with small children I slept out on the pullout couch with my son in the living room my daughter slept in on a little mat with my parents in their back bedroom but we all did it and we all had a lot of fun now my no this year was that we were going to go visit family for Thanksgiving which is right around the corner now and numbers are skyrocketing again and however you perceive this thing going on I feel like we've made it this far and we just decided that we would not be taking ourselves or our very young baby to go to all the family affairs and that was really a hard choice our family is being very respectful of it but I know that there are families across the country across the world that are just feeling the weight of another no this year so um I feel that with you and I'm just sending you and your family peaceful prayers to continue to love each other and give each other the most grace that we can um I would also say a, a lesson that I've learned this week is my husband is a marine the marine ball of course was canceled this year 
and so we decided to have our marine ball at home and I shared it in my stories on Instagram and I got so many messages from you guys that were like oh that looks like so much fun you guys have the most fun together you know the way to make memories and I loved those messages I appreciated those messages and I also want to let you know that at 5 p.m on Monday before we had the quote-unquote at-home marine ball neither of us wanted to put on our fancy clothes uh, the table was covered covered in homeschool materials the sink was full of dishes the living room had spit up cloths like on the couches and it was not a glamorous moment and my husband and I looked at each other and our daughter had put on her finest attire she came in and asked me to curl her hair and both of us kind of locked eyes across each other at the in the bathroom and we're like we got to do this we got to do this for her we got to rally um we've got to do this so we did and it didn't take us but 15 minutes to pick everything up to get dinner on the table and I'll never forget the fact that we turned on a playlist we played the star spangled banner she stood there with her hand on her heart and watched my my husband stand at attention he sang the marine corps hymn with us she stood there kind of in awe of daddy in his blues right she hardly ever gets to see him in his uniform they danced together I danced with him I danced with my son the whole thing was probably 45 minutes to an hour before the baby cried and we put him to bed but it was 45 minutes to an hour of a break a respite with our family to have just a little bit more joy in 2020 and I am dedicated from now until the end of the year to try to be a joy seeker I think that's important to me I know it's important to me because I think we can set everything up for our families to have fun but I think part of joy seeking is being able to relax and actually enjoy it with them, not to burn ourselves out so much over the holidays that we're not even present mentally and emotionally for the memory that is being made. That's, um, I've been saying for years that the best gift I can give my family is a happy mom, um, is being happy myself during the holidays. So, um, Let's figure out a way to wrap this up today. I want to thank you guys for being here today, for joining me on this episode of the Choosing Brave podcast, and for hanging out in between maybe one of the largest hiatuses in podcasting history. I'm not sure how long people normally go between what was supposed to be, um, oh, a season finale is coming to months and months, and, and now we are back. I just appreciate you coming back and being here with me today. And the last thing I was going to share with you guys was that I have decided to end my year doing the 30 days of grateful challenge with the exhale creativity group. These prompts were written and composed by Callie Fayan, and I am just enjoying it so much I want to share one of the essays that I wrote it's the very first one and the prompt was let me pull it up here the prompt was something that was said this was an essay I got to write this week because I'm finally finding some time to write again I hope that as your days are shorter and the darkness is coming sooner um, for a lot of us uh, as winter sets in I hope that you are finding some time to do some little things that light you up. Here was the essay. Tea 
H-R-E-E, -E, sun and moon and stars make three. My daughter belts this song at the top of her lungs. It's 7.15 p.m. and I'm so close to the end of the day. She sings it again, louder, and I grit my teeth. I turn my face into the shower stream and try to focus on letting the warm water wash away this day's dose of spit-ups and crumbs. The past month, I have been solo parenting. I hate that term. My husband and I are a team, always. But his job, his military job, is back to normal-ish in the back end of 2020. He left three weeks ago, and it doesn't matter that I don't like the term. The truth is, I have been solo meal serving, butt wiping, tear wiping, laughter inducing, dishwashing, rug sweeping, book reading, homeschooling, coat zippering, and the other duties of raising up an almost six-year-old and a four-month baby. The shower curtain flaps open and my daughter pokes her face inside. T-H-R-E-E. -E. Her eyes gleam and I grimace a smile. I want to stop the noise. Mommy, listen. She pulls the curtain back further and inhales for her loudest rendition yet. T-H-R-E-E. -E. I wipe shampoo from my eyes and put my hand on the curtain to yank it closed. Mommy, brother, and me make three. We're a team when daddy is gone, mommy. We are. She grins at this and bounces away to the corner where her brother is sitting in a tiny rocker. She tickles his toes and moves on to the number four. I rinse my hair and bite the inside of my cheek. I step out and wrap myself in a towel. Still dripping, I gather them both in my arms. She shrieks and giggles as a drop of water lands in her eye. Looking down at her, I say, can you sing that for me one more time? At the beginning of this episode, we talked about capacity. The definition for capacity is the maximum amount that something can contain the amount that something can produce. Maybe you're full this year. Maybe you can't contain any more. Maybe you have produced all that you can. Wherever you're at, be patient with yourself, have kindness, ask for what you need, and remember that we are running our own race. I appreciate that you listened to everything this episode was from our birth story to Mutu system to Whole30 to our best yeses and nos. As you might be able to hear in the background, my baby is up. So it was a joy to come in here and get to record this today. And I'm looking forward to ending the year 2020 with you with the episodes coming up on homeschooling, moving as a military family, and two special edition season finales. As always, you can find me across the internet at Uplifting Anchor. I appreciate all of you. I am thankful for you, and I am wishing you the very, very best. Keep choosing brave. <laughs>